Welcome to the Varieties of History podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and each week I will discuss a new topic that is often unrelated, but hopefully interesting. Spanning from the social sciences to cultural history, as well as religion and other disciplinary fields, we invite you to listen, learn, and expand your knowledge here with us on the Varieties of History podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to the Varieties of History podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and today I'm going to actually be talking to you about a series that I wrote for the Chadsford Historical Society back in July of 2016. Now, I was about eight and a half months pregnant when I wrote this long series. I was working for the Historical Society in Chadsford, um, Pennsylvania, when I wrote this and I was home pretty much mostly on a maternity type leave from them because I was about ready to have another child, my second child, Tristan, who is now, well, he's five, he's almost six, but um, this article or these articles were brought to my attention by a person that I worked with at the Historical Society, and I'm going to say hi, Sandy. I don't know if she's going to actually hear this, but I just wanted to say hi to you, Sandy. A person reached out to the Historical Society from um, the New York Historical Society and they were looking for a Lenny Lenape um, or Lenny Lenape, depending on how you say it, um, picture. And they found one specifically that they wanted to use in their, whatever they were using it for. Um, And I have not worked for the Historical Society in Chad's Ford in quite a few years. I decided to leave because I have three children Um, We were in the process of moving, COVID hit, all this stuff, but I I decided to leave after my last pregnancy um, with my my daughter who is now three, she just turned three, but I left I think maybe like two or three months before I had her. I had a complicated pregnancy and it was just getting too hard to drive back and forth in the car. We did a lot of different events and I did um, walking tours of historic homes and stuff on the property and I really really loved that job and I really miss it and I hope that one day I can go back to working in a setting where I'm working at a historical society or a museum where I'm talking to people about early American history and the importance of it and to just get people fascinated by the way people lived back in a time that was very very different than the way we live today and how over time that time evolved to where we are now. So I wrote this article at home on a maternity leave um, with my second child. And it was really, really cool to be able to like be home and work on the computer and do research and use my degree for something and work and get paid for it while, you know, you know, writing and stuff for the historical society and then being home and doing that while I was pregnant. They allowed me the opportunity to do that which was really, really great. And I was reminded the other day when I got a a call from a former coworker, Sandy, about somebody looking for this um, particular picture on the Lenny Lenape. And she said, I didn't even know we had this WordPress. It was on WordPress. And I will actually try to link this article and the other articles that I have in the show notes so that you guys can learn a little bit more about the Lenny Lenape and their importance in 
our history and our prehistory as a nation. So if you um, stick around, I will be back in just a moment and I will talk to you basically reading verbatim what I wrote in this particular article here. I may have to go into another episode for each one that I read. It just depends on how long it is. And I don't know how long it's going to be until I start reading it. And I'm looking at my time as I'm reading it. So we'll see whether or not this is going to be all one big episode or if I'm going to have to divide it into two or three pieces. So I will be back in just a moment. Stick around. Hey guys and welcome back. Typically a series about Native or First Nations people would start off in a chronological fashion by focusing on the past history and then graduating up to a present day retelling of their story. Now I had said Native or First Nation, but there's also Indian or Native American or American Indian, or if I just want to say Lenny Lenape. Depending on who you're speaking to, it's always good to find out how they would like to be addressed. So for example, I know Lenny Lenape or the Lenape would be the more appropriate term for the way that I'm speaking, but when I'm talking on a podcast, in um, this particular series that I'm writing about, Native um, or Lenny Lenape would be an appropriate way of, of saying it because of the way that I'm speaking about them and teaching the history about them. But I always suggest if you're doing your own research and you want to talk about a particular people group, it's important to gain the knowledge from that people group of how they should be addressed when you are speaking about them because it's their culture and you are coming in as an outsider and it's just very, very important to be able to understand them from where from where they stand. So I'm going to either say Native or Lenape based on, on what I'm reading, um, but always know that it's referring to the Lenny Lenape or sometimes also they also will call themselves the Delaware people. So it's always a good thing to recognize uh, a people with such a rich history as still living and thriving as a community. To search the past without giving acknowledgement to these individuals as living, breathing people who have overcome adversity and who are still trying to maintain their culture would be a huge disservice to what they have accomplished in their own cultural struggle over time. In today's post, and I'm saying post because this is what I, I write, I'm reading verbatim my posts on WordPress, but I could say maybe even in today's podcast um, or today's episode, we will focus on the question, who are the Lenny Lenape slash Delaware people? And try to establish an understanding of who they are and how they see themselves today. I was given the opportunity to visit the Museum of Indian Culture in Allentown, Pennsylvania. This site has so many interesting things to offer the community who want to get in touch with their own past or just as a curious mind to find out the important aspects of Lenny, Lenape, or Delaware culture, among other Native people groups, um, and how it is still lived today. This site offered both interesting and valuable information within its exhibits. Most individuals, non-native, are usually familiar with the native cultures of North America in general. Many tend to look at native peoples as a past relic, 
meant to be studied and kept in a museum setting. There is no understanding in the differences of band, tribe, or national affiliation, or the cultural traditions that they held. I said national, I meant nation. <laughs> Sorry. Oftentimes, the name Indian, and I'm putting this in quotes, or Native American, are being used. People tend to visualize a male warrior on horseback, wearing feathered headdress, but people often don't realize that this depiction is a small drop in the bucket compared to the amazing diversity held within each band, tribe, and nation. Oral traditions are important to many modern-day Native people. Retellings of how the earth or the first people and animals were formed are integral to some tribal culture's understanding of who they are and how they came to be. Some of these retellings can be found in the powwow ceremonies that are done throughout the country and throughout the year. Did you know that powwow was actually an Algonquin term? According to one American historian, Francis Jennings, in his book, The Invasion of America, powwow, spelled P-A-U-W-A-U, or powwow, P-A-U-A-U, or powwow, depending on how you would... Um, how you would say it, referred to a group of spiritual leaders and or medicine men. And when they were powwowing, it referred to a curing, to a curing religious ceremony. During early settlement, in the early settlement period of America's history, the powwow ceremony made some European settlers feel very at um, unease. In the three affiliated tribes, historian Joseph H. Cash stated that in 1646, the Massachusetts General Court decreed that, quote, no Indian shall at any time powwow or powwow or perform outward worship to their false gods or to the devil, end quote. These words in particular show how misunderstood native song and dance ceremonies were. And I'm saying native because I'm just using that as a general term because a lot of groups, indigenous groups, native groups to America, North American continent I'm talking about right now, were very, um, they had some similar, they were not all the same in any way. But there were some similarities in some of the traditions that they did share as a people. And um, and so I'm not just saying Lenny Lenape here as this example. I'm using native to cover all of the, the tribes and nations that, that filled this landscape. Fortunately, the understanding and the appreciation for the powwow ceremony has changed since the 1600s. These ceremonies have also evolved over time in many ways. For the Lenape and other Native people all across the continent, it is a special way of meeting together to dance and sing and visit relatives or friends or make new friendships, embrace a competitive spirit amongst different Native tribes, or for spiritual reasons, or a mixture of all of those things. Each person's regalia, song, and dance have special meanings. The regalia is not a costume, and only those participating in the event are allowed to wear it. It is considered highly offensive to those who are not involved, um, or to those who are involved in the powwow ceremony to have an outsider. It's very offensive 
to those involved in the powwow ceremony to have an outsider. I'm sorry, I just wanted to fix my words there. To For them to dress up, so an outsider dressing up as one of the group when they are not involved in the spiritual and cultural significance of the ceremony, um, it's, it's offensive because that person, that outsider, has no idea what 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 this truly means to this group of people who is practicing a traditional song or dance or whatever it is that they're doing. It is so important, in fact, that regalia is usually prayed over and blessed before the outfit is worn and the ceremony begins. However, many of the dancers um, are social dances and religious ceremonies and are typically kept privately. The social aspect is to celebrate pride in the culture and heritage of the Lenape and other native peoples. Some examples of the modern day powwow for the Lenape would include traditional, and I'm using quotes, traditional, jingle, grass, or fancy slash shawl dances. The traditional style of dance tells a story of bravery or hunt. Each dancer is required to create their regalia in a traditional fashion. Eagle feathers, sinew, bones, and animal skins are all also used as part of the dancer's regalia. The items for the regalia and even the regalia itself must be blessed before being used. The women's jingle dance was originally started in 1920s as a healing dance for a young girl who fell ill. Design of the dress and dancing were revealed in an Ojibwe, Ojibwe, excuse me, an Ojibwe medicine man in his sleep. They were revealed to an Ojibwe man in his sleep after seeking a vision for the recovery of his sick daughter. Once he awoke, he asked his daughter to wear the dress he made and dance according to what was revealed in the dream. It is said that this particular dance helped heal the young girl and has been used ever since. They typically took sideways steps around a person who was ill as their unique dance and choreography. In this dance, rows of metal cones across the front of the dancer's dress um, clink and clank as the dancer moves. Now, I'm going to have a copy of this article posted in the show notes and you will see what it's called. Um, in the Ojibwe language, I do not know how to pronounce this, and I do not even want to try to attempt to ruin the way that it probably sounds, uh, because it would probably sound way more beautiful than the way that I would probably say it. But it is highlighted in bold, so you will see it in the um, in the paragraph that that talks about jingle dancing. The dancer also carries a a feather or a fan. Um, of feathers as she dances. A woman who wants to become a jingle dress dancer is asked to purify herself through the fasting of food and water for four days and also to give a personal offering. A woman who is asked to fast because of the healing powers brought about by the dress and dance to the First Nation peoples. Um, let me see. I think I lost my place. Let me reread that again. A woman is asked to fast because of the healing powers brought about by the dress and dance to the First Nations people and their use of song, step, and ceremony. Now I'm going to just take a quick peek. Oh, there's just two more paragraphs, so I don't think I'm going to cut this up. I think I'm just going to keep going and then we will end our, our episode. Okay, so next is the grass dance. 
This particular style of dance originated from the men of the Northern Plains tribes. It was later used in powwows by other native tribes. The fringes on the regalia demonstrate the prairie grass, all the while their movements were originally done to depict the stomping down and flattening of the tall prairie grass when creating a new settlement. The regalia for this type of dance is usually very colorful and contains colored fringes made of yarn or ribbon. When a dancer moves, he must create symmetry on both sides of the body to mimic the waving of the tall grass and sometimes is often done to depict the hunter stalking wild game within the grass. Now I am going to take a break because we are at 12 minutes, but I just want to give you a quick uh, moment to take a break and then I will be right back to end our episode. We want you and others to know that history is for everyone. If there is any area of history you are intrigued by, have studied, or would be interested in discussing, we welcome you to send us a message via Facebook or email. We would love to have you on the show.